Broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, what's good, what's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You're in the huddle, Vinny Bonsignor, on a Thursday, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Uh, do the Raiders have their eye on a free safety? Well, we know that they're looking at uh, a free safety, but have they made, have, have, are, did they tip their hand a little bit today? Uh, going out to uh, Orlando to go watch uh, the pro day of Richie Grant. Uh, at the University of Central Florida, and all due respect to Bleacher Report, our good friends over at Bleacher Report, but I'm not buying it. I'm not sure what exactly uh, they were looking at, but Richie Grant is one of the best 150 players uh, in this NFL draft. Um, I mean, at least that's the feedback that that, that, that I'm getting, and um, I, I don't think that it's just really conspicuous to me, Demon, why um, he wasn't listed in the top 150. Do you have any other, uh, any any more information on 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 this uh, perplexing situation? Um, I don't know why he may have been listed, but part of um, what I've been looking at as I um, go through the list here is that the grades that they um, gave out is that the grading wise where it goes from like a 10 down to like six around like six and a half is where it ends from a 6.5 to a 6.9 that means that the player is projected to be a career backup slash rotational player fifth or sixth round so maybe of the top 150 prospects they just do not see him as a rotational player in the league or just not one of the um, better end so, yeah, I so mean, that's looking like a obviously, difference. yeah, that's right. a difference between um being a rotational player in this um list and then like um just a, a hanger on. Uh, how do they? Who do they have as far as or how did it uh, break down in terms of best coverage, best speed, all that type of stuff? If you go down to the safeties, if you go down to um the the, the category of just safeties. The, they give a um, a breakdown on who they felt is the best, you know, most you know, the, the best in coverage, the best in this, the best in that. Uh, are you with me? Did you ha- did you see, do you see that part of it? Oh no, I must not be looking at the expanded version because I am only looking at names and grades. I went down to safeties, and all I saw were the names and the grades beside them for Bleacher Report. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on the Bleacher Report. Okay. One, yeah. What are the sa- who name me the safeties that they have? Give me two shakes here. Here we go. All right. One, we have Trayvon Mooring. Mm-hmm. All right. We've got Javon Holland. Yep. Ooh, this is going to be a tough one. Kelona Hafunga. From USC? Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Hamza Nazuldin Nazuldin from yeah. Florida State. Right, right. Devon Devine Diblo from Virginia Tech. Right. I mean, Sherwood from Auburn. Paris Ford from Pittsburgh and Andre Cisco from Syracuse. Yeah, and what do they have? Uh, Best in zone coverage is Javon Holland. Best run stopper is Hamza Nazadine, and most versatile is Trevon Mooring. Wow, uh, that's just really it's 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 that's interesting. That's an interesting list because it doesn't really jive with. Uh, I mean, the other the other names are 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 good, no question about it, but. Um, 
you know, uh, and I'm, I'm getting down to the uh, to the safeties section for uh, for pro football focus here, but it's just it's it's I, I don't know you know what 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 it is that they were that they don't like about um, about uh, our, our guy Richie Grant, who obviously the Raiders are are out there taking a look at right now, um, um, but it just it doesn't jive. It doesn't it it, it doesn't. You know, uh, when Pro Football Focus has you written or you know uh, graded as a uh, a consensus second round pick, and somebody else um, like Diablo, right? Let's let's go look at uh, they've got him in the third round. Uh, that Pro Football Focus, uh, Divine uh, Diablo is is what the last name is. Um, you said that they had uh, was Paris Ford there? Yes, he was Pitt. Okay, uh, Pro Football Focus has him as a seventh-round undrafted free agent projection. Um, that's Paris Ford from the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, let's see, who else do we have? Um, okay, Richie Grant. Uh, Richie Grant is second round. <laughs> Uh, the bottom line, there's so much to like about Grant's tape that it's easy to see him overcoming his middling physical traits. Uh, pros and cons. He's done it all over the course of his UCF career, started primarily deep, then played more around the line of scrimmage. Sees the game develop at a high level, will break on balls without even looking at quarterback. Breaks off from coverage in lockstep with receivers, no wasted time. Stout lower half and solid tackler can sick running backs uh, in their tracks despite weight. Um, Speed is an issue. I think he was four or five today. Uh, we'll go look at what his pro what his uh, pro day uh, numbers were. Speed is an issue. Limited range. Uh, not a traits traitsy safety by any means. Length and speed are nothing special. Already twenty three years old. Uh, but Pro Football Focus um, has him as a second round pick. Uh, it seems like Grant has been around UCF forever. It's because the fifth year senior kind of has. He burst onto the scene in 2018 with six picks and four pass breakups and hasn't stopped getting his hands on passes since. He started out more of his deep, as a deep safety for the Knights, uh, but reinvented uh, himself around the line of scrimmage recently. He's a tough physical safety that is about as good as it gets as the eight man in the box versus the run. While he may not be a special athlete, he's just a darn good football player. I'll take that every day over the great athlete. Uh, Richie Grant was both a standout player and track star at Florida's uh, whatever high school, senior high school. Um, that's a that's a big named high school right there that I cannot pronounce. I'm not even going to try. Uh, per the Orlando Sentinel, uh, the then six foot, 176 pound defensive back posted times of 52.8 seconds in the 400 meters uh, and 11.3 in the 100 meters uh, in his preps career. He also recorded 37 tackles for interceptions. Um, I, it's just yeah, it's 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 it's. It's interesting. Uh, this is a guy that I think is going to be uh, a really good football player, and I think a day one starter at, at free safety. And for whatever reason, he's not uh, on the on the on the top fifty list uh, for for uh, Bleacher Report. But so be it. Uh, like I said, everyone looks at this thing differently. Everybody sees things uh, differently, and uh, it doesn't make anyone right or wrong necessarily. Although I think it's all going to come out in the wash in these next couple of years. Uh, when we see how players perform and and you know what they what their plateaus uh, end up being, uh, where they're drafted, um, you know obviously it'll it'll tell you what the NFL thinks about uh, you know about about the player. But I just um, I can't wrap my head around uh, you know just the fact that 
somebody out there doesn't believe that he's a top 150 player, I, th- I think he definitely is a top 150 player. By the way, I, I reached out to a general manager um, yesterday about uh, our boy Andre Sisco from um, Syracuse. And, you know, when I watch his tape, uh, there's, there's points in time where you're just like, holy cow, this guy has skills that are through the roof. Um, it's like watching, sometimes watching him play, it's like watching uh, Madden football on like, uh, you know, I don't know what it is, how, how all the, you young guys, uh, what, what you guys call it when you, when you supercharge it or whatever, make it the highest level and make a player just like a, a, a cartoon character out there just, just doing everything. Well, it's that. It's like, it's like you know, he's on, uh, it's tricked out, you know, dude that's just doing whatever he wants to do out there. But that's how he's played uh, at certain points. Uh, of his career. Then there's other plays where if you're watching it on your laptop, you want to rip out your, uh, your your laptop from from the, the power cord and throw your computer up against a uh, a wall because he makes so many mistakes uh, and does so many things that you're like, what are you doing out there? So I asked a general manager in the NFL. Uh, I go, hey, just you know, uh, is that is are are the flaws? Can you coach out the flaws? And um, the answer was a possibility. Uh, but would you rather live with a false positive or a false negative? So uh, there's obviously questions about Andre Cisco, and that's a general manager in the NFL. Um, who had that to say about him? Yes, it's possible that you could coach out some of the flaws in his game, and if you can, you've got yourself. A really, really good football player, but that is a big if, and uh, he's he's one of the big question marks in the in this draft. But if you can coach it out of him, the flaws you've probably got yourself a Pro Bowl player. That's how good he is in terms of athletics, uh, being able to go get the ball. And the Raiders obviously need somebody that can that can force turnovers. He's a turnover machine in the good way uh, on on a defense. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Michael wants to talk about the Raiders and the draft. How you doing, Michael? I'm good, Vinny. Thanks for taking my call. You got it, brother. Um, basically, a quick question. Do you think the Raiders are done making offseason moves for the draft? And if so, um, do you think they're going to answer those in the draft? I checked in on that very, very question. In fact, uh, you almost read my t- my text verbatim. And um, the uh, the response that I got, wa- got was, uh, it's, it's probable – that they're going to add a couple more players before the draft. Uh, I think that's kind of that's the gist of it. That 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 you know uh, a couple more players before the draft uh, is a distinct possibility. I'm not saying that it's going to happen. And and these things are you know fluid situations. Number one and number two, it takes two to tango. And there's other teams that are always involved. And some other team might blow you out of the water uh, with the offer. But there sure seemed like based on the feedback that I got, just asking. I think it was yesterday or the day before. That um, and 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 the the question was specifically, hey, you know, any anticipation of making a, a, another addition, um, you know, prior to the draft, and that's an important distinction to make uh, because, you know, a lot of times what happens is, and we're kind of in that phase of free agency uh, where obviously it's slowed down. Uh, there, without question, are still good football players uh, out there uh, on the open market, but I think. From a player's perspective and also a team's perspective, uh, there's a little bit of a waiting out period right now uh, because that draft 
can determine a lot of things. And if you're a player and you, uh, I know you want to sign as quickly as you possibly can because you want to find out where am I playing next year? Where do I got to take the kids out of school and move them to? What do I got to, you know, do I have to move out of my house that I live in right now? Um, you know, uh, is it something where close enough to where my home base is that I can rent an apartment? You know, a lot of questions uh, need to be answered. And, and if you're a player, just like any human being, you want to know, you know, uh, where you're going to be in uh, five months and, and and maybe for the next year or so uh, or a couple of years uh, after that. So uh, there's a lot of anxiety is what I'm saying. This whole thing with free agency and the uncertainty, you talk to players, they don't like it. I mean, yeah, you know, in, in some cases you get out in the open market, see what you're worth or uh, or, or cash in with a with a with a big deal for the for those top top guys, uh, it's great uh, for the guys below them. It's it's you know H E L L man. You're like you 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 don't know what your future holds, and you want to solidify it as soon as possible and as quickly as possible, and move on with your life and eliminate that uncertainty. But uh, there's also a case to be made from the player's perspective and the team's perspective, especially at this point. Maybe I should just wait until after the draft. Why is that? Well, uh, the draft is going to answer a lot of questions for teams in terms of um, you know positions that they need. The Raiders obviously need a right tackle. They obviously need a free, uh, a free safety. Um, so the way the pl- uh, if, if the draft plays out to their liking, then they're going to come up with uh, options at both of those positions and most likely out of those options – the guys that are going to line up as their starters next year. Um, so if you're if you're a player that is looking at situations right now, you, you know what happens if the Raiders aren't able to secure the players that they want to, and and now all of a sudden after the draft, post draft comes, they still have a glaring hole at free safety or right tackle. If you're a player that you know uh, showed a little bit of patience, you're gonna you're gonna have a better idea of opportunity, the better opportunities for yourself after the draft, because you're going to be able to look at rosters, look at depth charts and say, oh, okay, yeah, you know, the Chicago Bears need a quarterback. <laughs> uh, kidding, Bears fans, I'm sorry, that was too easy. But, you know, um, you're, 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 you're going to be able to size up situations uh, in, a, in a way that you can really now narrow down some teams by looking at their depth charts on, I can go in there and have a pretty good chance of competing for a starting job. That's where, hey, you know, get on the phone with your agent, you know, give the Raiders a call, a call give the Eagles a call, uh, whoever. So, you know, there's there's that going on as well. I think there are some agents who are telling their players, look, we have a pretty good idea right now, but let's wait until after the draft uh, to get a better idea. Um, and there's also teams that are doing the same thing. Like, you know, Yes, we need to fill a couple of holes, but we believe we're going to be able to fill those holes in the draft. No sense right now uh, acting you know, in haste and signing a guy at X amount of dollars uh, when we can get an even better player uh, in the draft. And just because we see names out there, uh, and I'm not going to name any names because I don't want to you know, uh, you know, downgrade anybody or anything like that, but we see the names of who's out there at right tackle uh, potentially or who's out there at cornerback potentially or who, who's out there uh, as a you know, safety uh, that's still available. Uh, but just because we know that name, just because we know that player, just because we've seen what they've been able to do uh, through the course of their career doesn't make them necessarily the best player that could be had at this point. Um, th- there's a deep draft in a lot of key positions uh, that the Raiders are looking at right now. So, um, you know, 
are they more um, prone to go in and fixing or you know addressing those positions and filling those holes through the draft and then holding off until after the draft uh, to to then backfill any remaining holes? We'll see. But to answer the question, uh, I do think that they have their eye on a they're they're in on a few players uh, for whatever reason. It hasn't happened yet. But there is an expectation that there's a strong possibility, I'll put it that way, uh, that they may add a couple of new players before uh, the draft. And also, let's keep in mind, uh, the Raiders you know, were able to, to lock down Colton Miller, their left tackle, uh, for five years. And that plays into it as well. Um, it has to, because now you know, all right, you've got your right tackle, or excuse me, your left tackle locked down. The Raiders know exactly how much they're going to be paying him, not just this year, but next year, the year after that, the year after that. So there's cost certainty uh, in that regard. They don't have to worry about filling that position. Uh, they now know, you know what that piece of the puzzle is going to cost. And so uh, whatever it doesn't, whatever extra it doesn't cost them next year, and I'm, I'm leaning on it doesn't change his salary for next year. I think the extension uh, will probably have a mechanism in it, in it that allows the Raiders to keep his salary where it is right now, probably a signing bonus involved that they're going to prorate, but it doesn't affect this coming up salary in 2021. I don't know that for sure. Uh, I haven't seen all the details yet, but generally speaking, if you make an extension like that, you kind of want to give yourself, um, you know, in the short term, you want to write it in a way that benefits the team in a short term allowing for as much salary cap flexibility as you possibly can get can get um, and you do that you know with the with the uh, by including a, a signing bonus into it and then prorating that over the duration of the of the contract and then in the preceding years uh, the the number that salary number starts going up uh, to reflect you know the new money that's coming in so we'll see uh, but the long and short of it is they now know what Whatever it is, whether uh, Colton's salary stays the same this year or goes up a little bit, whatever the case is, they know exactly what it is. And so that allows them now to say, okay, we've got that taken care of. This is how much money we still have under the salary cap. Um, you know, Now we know, uh, hey, the guy that we've had our eye on for the last week but we were holding off on until we got Colton Miller signed – uh, now we can go, you know, uh, either more aggressively, less aggressively, uh, you know, status quo on on whatever you had budgeted for that position. Now you can comfortably go uh, and start, you know, uh, shopping again because you know you've got a big part of your puzzle uh, taken care of uh, in, in in signing Colton Miller. So we'll see what it means as far as additions. We're running out of the time here. The draft is merely weeks away. We are in April. Uh, it's April 1st. The draft is this month. It feels really, really good uh, to say that. Um, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great time of year. But it's also, you know, uh, a, a, an, an interesting time of year because, again, we all know. We can look at the depth chart. Uh, we, we see that there's no, you know, uh, uh, right tackle right now unless you want to roll with Brandon Parker and maybe the Raiders are comfortable doing that. Don't think necessarily that it, that's the plan, but it could be. Uh, but if it's not, then obviously uh, they have to figure out what the plan is uh, at right tackle and who it's going to be and who do you have your eye on uh, in the draft. And uh, a caller earlier brought up, uh, you know, uh, Tevon Jenkins from Oklahoma State. 
I really like the dude. Um, he plays with a nastiness that uh, I think is definitely transitional to the NFL. I love watching that kid play. I mean, I honestly love watching him play. And there's times where I think that tenacity level uh, puts him over uh, Darashaw from um, from Virginia Tech. I just don't see that fire in Christian. But I've been around long enough to know also that you can't because a guy is smooth, because a guy um, kind of floats around out there, uh, just because that's the action doesn't mean he's any less than the guy that's, you know, uh, you can tell is is like the, a, a street fighter out there. Uh, there it's not everybody um, is built the same. Not everybody necessarily plays, plays uh, the same. The question is, are you performing – um, your job? Are you are you executing? Are you making the block, or aren't you making the block? And when you watch Christian Darisaw from from Virginia Tech, um, even though it doesn't look like he's dominating all the time, or just you know plow plowing somebody into the ground, uh, he's winning a vast amount of his battles and doing it in a really effective way. So uh, that's why he gets my edge. Uh, but if I'm the Raiders, I'm not. I'm not uh, complaining one bit. Uh, if Tevin Jenkins happens to be the pick at number 17, uh, the, the uh, right tackle out of Oklahoma State, out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider T wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Raider T? Good. How you doing, Vinny B? Doing really good, man. How you doing? What's going on? Good. Good. Getting ready for the weekend and Easter. Um, Same here. Hey, absolutely. So- I was really excited to hear you say that they're still potentially looking at a couple guys. Not yeah. that they're necessarily difference makers, but hopefully to fill some holes. I mean, ideally, I'd like them to sign um, Trey Boston. Not that I'm a huge fan of his, but I think um, he's the best fit of who's left for us at free safety. Mm-hmm. And then at tackle, either one of three guys, either Eric Fisher, uh uh, Russell Okung or um, Eric Fisher from the Chiefs, one of those three guys to potentially play right tackle. So then then when you go to the draft, instead of having to pick a, a position, then you can pick the best guy you want. And if you, they need to sit for a year, so be it. But then, you know, if your guy's Dereshaw, great. If your guy is uh, Trayvon Maureen, the safety, great. If you want one of the impact linebackers, I just like, let's fill the holes before the draft and then see see who we can get to make the biggest impact is my, my thinking. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's, that's sound, uh, that's a sound approach. Uh, if you go back to last year, um, and I, I think I mentioned this last week, but if you go back, to, uh, look at the timeline last year, uh, obviously the Raiders, um, you know, let's say this time last year had a glaring hole at cornerback opposite, opposite Trayvon Mullen. Uh, they went out and, and agreed to terms with Eli Apple, uh, and and that was okay. All right, um, he'll be the he'll be you know the, the guy that they pencil in uh, just in case they can't get their guy in the draft. Uh, but at the very least, they got Eli Apple to hold down the fort. But then uh, he something happened with the physical. Then this was prior to the draft, I believe. And um, the next thing you know, that deal falls through. So there's no Eli Apple. And then the Raiders, uh, you know, they go into the draft. They draft. Uh, Damon Arnett, and then they signed Prince Amukamara after the draft. So, so that was a case where they waited until the draft filled the hole uh, or made you know got their guy, quote unquote, and then still went out and signed a veteran uh, to to be an insurance policy. Well, you know we all know that Damon Arnett beat Prince Amukamara for the job, 
unfortunately, <laughs> you know, Damon Arnett ends up getting hurt and, you know, we, we all know how that played out. But that's kind of the timeline. So it looked like they had that idea last year, uh, Raider T, by, by signing or by at least coming to terms with Eli Apple. Uh, but then, you know, the physical happens. He doesn't, he doesn't cut it. So that deal falls through. And then they wait until after the draft. But, you know, uh, to Raider T's point, um, I think that there's a, you know, I don't know. I wasn't told what the positions are uh, that they're that they're looking at, or they're hopeful of, uh, or they're expecting the possibility of of a couple of guys uh, prior to the draft. But you'd have to believe at this point, it's got to be something in the secondary and something on the offensive line. They've taken care of uh, the defensive line, um, you know. Although Melvin Ingram is still out there, so uh, that's a, a a name to to keep thinking about. Uh, they've done, you know, a lot at wide receiver. They brought in a backup running back, Kenyon uh, uh, Drake. They've, um, you know, they, they retained Nicholas Morrow, their linebacker. Um, so if you're just checking off boxes, uh, you know, they've, they've done everything that they've needed to do except for right tackle and free safety, essentially. And, you know, maybe a veteran cornerback. So you'd have to believe that whoever they're thinking about in terms of acquiring or adding before that draft had to be uh, at those positions. But we'll see. Uh, the Raiders have been full of surprises so far uh, this offseason with what they've done offensively. I like what they've done off- offensively um, you know, with some of the skill players, uh, but there's still a couple of big holes. Uh, we all see them, uh, and I know that they have a plan for it, but I think that plan probably includes or should include uh, adding some veterans uh, just in case or to be the guy. You're in the huddle. Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Benny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. What's good, Raider Nation Radio? Welcome back to Ra- uh, Raider Nation Radio. Let me try that again. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Thursday. Is it the weekend yet? Sure feels like it. Uh, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and uh, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We're going over, um, you know, uh, some of the these lists that are coming out. And uh, I was actually just texting somebody um, from uh, Bleacher Report uh, to find that, to get the to get the skinny on Richie Grant. Why is Richie Grant not on B BNR's uh, top fifty? Uh, their big board uh, of college prospects coming of you know, draft prospects. Uh, coming into the into the draft on April, this is a guy that's decisively being mentioned as a second round pick, and there's some people that feel like he could go in the first round. That's how good he's been playing. That's how far he's been shooting up the draft boards. But uh, I want to try to get figure out, um, you know, what the issue might be uh, as far as why Bleacher Report. And specifically, uh, Corey Giddings, um, the Bleacher Report writer uh, who scouted the uh, the DBs, um, you know what the what the situation is. Just to you know, and I'm not going to argue with them whatsoever. I just want to know, okay, you know, what is it that maybe I'm overlooking? What is it that maybe other people are overlooking, uh, or seeing, or not seeing, uh, where you know um, we've got him as a, a guy that's probably going to go within the first two rounds of the draft. 
and uh, if you're if you're you know doing the math, 150 players. What is that? That gets into the fourth round. Uh, that you know, Bleacher Report doesn't believe that he's he's uh, a fourth round uh, type of a pick. So you know, we'll see um, where, and I'll see if he re- he responds. Uh, I, I I went ahead and, and, and texted or what do we call it? Direct messaged him on Twitter. And uh, find out. I, I'm curious. I want to know what uh, you know what the what the situation is, or why. What is it that that they're not seeing, or maybe that we're overlooking, or or overthinking, uh, or whatever the case might be. But it makes it shows how fun uh, and interesting this time of year is. I mean, the San Francisco 49ers go and make this huge draft to go to the top. Uh, you know, uh, to to get the the third pick overall. Um, you know, and and I think a lot of people assumed that it was going to be for uh, Justin Fields, uh, the talented you know quarterback from Ohio State, and it might be, um, but it sure sounds like based on some of the reports that it's going to be Mac Jones. And and I'll say this, okay, you know we kind of get into this, you know, uh, oh they're crazy, oh they're nuts, oh you know why don't you you know this is a, a you know a diss against you know uh, uh, you know Fields, Justin Fields. Well, maybe it's just that they really like Mac Jones. And I, I, I tell you what, watching a lot of tape of Mac Jones, just cause I've been curious, that dude is really good. And, and, and here's the thing. This is what I was thinking about when I was watching uh, the tape of, of Mac Jones. Um, if he had, let's say uh, Tua wouldn't have been there, right? Um, or, or anyone else hadn't been there these last three years at Alabama. And Mac Jones was the starter for these last three years, kind of like Trevor Lawrence for Clemson. I almost think that had he been able to be, you know, to, 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 to have showcased himself uh, on, a, on, you know, even more than he, than he did this year, I think that people would be th- talking about Mac Jones as maybe the second pick overall and pushing Trevor Lawrence uh, for the top pick overall. That's how impressed I am watching Mac Jones play. Uh, the, some of the throws that he was making, uh, some of the decisions that he was making, uh, I'm just like, wow. It's not just because he had good players around him. I've seen that. Alabama has had quarterbacks uh, that have been like that. USC, a team that I covered uh, in Los Angeles and, and paid a lot of attention to, had some quarterbacks that were just literally a product of the system. They had so much talent around them that – you know, uh, it, 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 it made them look better than what they really were. It just did. Uh, you, can, you can almost make a case that, that, I mean, just on the surface of things, I should say, you can, you, can, you can make the assumption, well, I mean, Mac Jones has a ton of good players around him. You know, it, it's, but you watch him and you're like, no, it's not just that. This dude can ball. And Joe Burrow kind of comes to mind, uh, you know, last year coming out of nowhere, kind of like Mac Jones did this year. Uh, to lead, you know, uh, LSU to the national championship, just like Mac Jones did this year, and you know, win the Heisman Trophy. Mac Jones didn't win the Heisman Trophy. Uh, become the top pick uh, in the draft overall. Um, you know, obviously that's not going to happen because that's going to be Trevor Lawrence. But I wonder if Trevor Lawrence was in last year's draft, if he would have been drafted. That's is how good Trevor Lawrence is. I wonder if he would have been drafted ahead of Joe Burrow last year uh, because of how good Trevor Lawrence is. But that doesn't take away from the fact that Joe Burrow is really, really, really good. And before his injury, he was showing that. And I think Mac Jones, 
is kind of the same type of a player, and there's a same type of a wow factor when you watch some of the throws that he's made uh, in the in the course of his one season in Alabama. It's just he's he's really good, uh, and that doesn't take anything away from Justin Fields, who I also think is going to be really good. But maybe the San Francisco 49ers just have a preference for who they feel might fit better into their system, and it doesn't. You know, it doesn't make them. Uh, it doesn't. It, it's not a knock on Justin Fields. And uh, you know, I cringed for sure when I heard some of the reports of some of the reports being that you know Justin Fields does. Does he want to be a great quarterback? You know, is he you know a first guy in, first guy out guy into the building? Uh, does he does he does he have the work ethic? There's no way you can watch Justin Fields play the game of football. And think along those terms. Uh, the guy didn't have to play last year. Uh, he was solidified as a first-round pick and a, probably a pretty high first-round pick uh, coming out of Ohio State. He came back and played, put it out on the line, and played really well. And there were some games last year where he was spectacular. I think he's going to be a tremendous quarterback. Uh, but it doesn't mean that uh, Mac Jones can't be every bit as good, you know, with with the 49ers. So, you know, I think we make we, we get all angry and uh, what does this say? You know, are you serious? You know, hey, they and we don't even know. They might be deking everybody right now. They might be uh, playing some mind games right now. That happens uh, during the draft. Um, but, you know, not everybody has all all the answers. And I'll say this. And I'm not patting myself on the back whatsoever. But last year at the Senior Bowl, I saw Justin Herbert throw the ball maybe five times. I'm like, that's the best quarterback in this draft class. And I fully believe that, and I still believe that he's going to be the best quarterback out of that draft last year. It was just the way the ball was coming out of his hands last year at the Senior Bowl and how big he was. He's not the uh, most stout guy, but you know he's tall, and he, he had a command about himself. Uh, he had a presence about himself. Uh, you talked to him, and uh, he was smart as, as a whip. He just – he checked off all the boxes. And then when you watched him play, it was like, holy cow, why aren't people talking about this guy as the best quarterback in this draft? Because he sure looks like it here in Mobile, Alabama. And we're, I think he got drafted fifth overall. I think people would rethink that right now uh, if they if they were to redo uh, last year's draft. I think Justin Herbert, you know, might be the first pick or the second pick overall um, if you're if you're basing it off off of his rookie year. So, um, you know, and, and again, the talk about him last year was he wasn't, you know, he wasn't considered – you know the top guy. Obviously, Joe Burrow was uh, the top guy. He wasn't even really being considered the second best player uh, quarterback in this draft. Tua, I think, had that distinction. But you know, if you watch what happened last year, uh, Justin Herbert was arguably the best quarterback uh, in that draft, and Joe Burrow was 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 pretty darn good too. And I think Tua is going to be uh, fine as well. So you know, we'll see. Uh, but but. When I was watching, because I was like, Mac Jones, really? Like, maybe maybe I got to take another look at Mac Jones. And I did. And I honestly got to say, I was way more impressed with him than I thought I was going to be. He's not just a product of the great talent that was around him, just as much as Joe Burrow wasn't the pro- wasn't only the product of what was around him at LSU, and he proved that uh, in the LSU in, in in the NFL last year before he got hurt. Although I have to say, there was some pretty good talent at LSU. Oh my gosh, Justin Jefferson was on that team. 
the the the, uh, <coughs> the um, who's the um, the name is escaping me, but the uh, the kid that didn't play last year that uh, is still a um, you know top five wide receiver. I'll get his name here in a second, and uh, he was on that team last year uh, as as well. Uh, um, gosh, hang on one second. Um, yeah, Demar Chase, exactly. Thank you, uh, Demon. Uh, Demar Chase, <laughs> he was on that team at LSU that won the national championship last or two years ago now, and uh, so it becomes a case of you know who made who. Well, sometimes it's just really good players are really good players, and they make each other <laughs> look even better or, or just as good as they really are. Uh, Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Holy cow! Can you imagine that, Demon? trying to defend it's kind of like Alabama last year I think Alabama's team last year was better than the LSU team uh two years ago when you talk start talking about Devante all the talent that they had on that team this year uh was just it was sick you know it was sick they had an all-american on the offensive line they had an all-american quarterback they had an all-american running back they had an all-american Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver they had a wide receiver that got hurt <laughs> and he's probably better than the guy. Jalen Waddle. He's still going to be a first round pick. Yes. <laughs> who's that? Yeah. Jalen Waddle was his name. The one Ex- who was hurt. Yeah. Exactly. And um, they've got uh, uh, this is uh, Bleacher Report. They have him as their seventeenth ranked uh, player. So um, and where do they? Ha- they have Devonte Smith as, at number five. Sewell's number four. He's a tremendous player too. Uh, Pitts, <laughs> this is a good draft, Damon. Uh, Pitts from from Florida, the tight end, who's just putting up sick numbers. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, uh, Landon Dickinson, uh, the interior offensive lineman from from uh, Alabama, Jamar Chase, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker from uh, people forgetting about that guy from USC. He's a guy that might still be there at seventeen for the Ram or for the Raiders. Um, so you know. Um, Keep an eye on him. Tevon Jenkins, they've got him uh, at number 13, uh, the tackle from Oklahoma State. So there's this is a really, really, really good draft, and it's going to be exciting. And that's why I don't think when you watch, when you look at the Raiders, when you pay attention to the Raiders, uh, they're not necessarily freaking out over needing that free safety right now or not having that free safety or not having that right tackle. This draft is going to uh, produce uh, players at that position that are going to be able to start day one and very likely be Raiders by the time we're talking uh, a month from now. Uh, you're in the huddle, Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahar. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now back to your hosts, Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. What up, what up, what up? Thanks to uh, our uh, devoted listener and uh, reader, uh, Stakanova. Uh, I hope I'm saying that right. One day, if you could call me up and let me know uh, if I'm butchering it or not. Uh, but uh, at Stakanova on Twitter. And um, just uh, he, he was watching the pro day today of uh, Richie Grant. Uh, 4.53 in the 40, um, as Stakanova said, uh, probably won't raise his draft position, but it's not going to it's not going to kill him. And there were some other, um, you know, uh, uh, good numbers that he put up athletically, um, you know, that uh, that whole 40 thing. Yeah, it's important. I get it. Um, no question about it. But it's not the end all be all. If you can play football, you can play football. And I had a scout tell me this one time. Actually, it was a general manager one time. If you t- if you take a guy. Um, let's say, let's say it's a, it's a, um, 
let's say it's a linebacker, all right, and he's got four four in the forty, all right. Um, that's that's good enough for you know at linebacker, right? Nice, nice low four four. Uh, but what if he continually takes the wrong first step? Um, all of a sudden, that four four speed doesn't mean squat because he's taken him. He's negated it all uh, by taking the wrong step off the uh, you know off the snap of the ball because he's not seeing things you know correctly. Whereas you could have a slower guy who's consistently reading and diagnosing and taking the right step um, in the right direction and seeing it right. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, he becomes the equivalent of a four four guy because he's where he needs to be as quickly as he needs to be because he's read it and not taking himself out of the play. Now, ideally, you get somebody who's like Lawrence Taylor who can do it all, see it all, has the athletic ability and the speed. But those are the Hall of Fame players, and obviously that those guys are, are a notch above. Uh, but you know, when you're talking about you know similar skill sets. Yes, speed is obviously important. You have to have it. You don't want you know guys that are that are slow out there. But somebody who's reading and diagnosing uh, the play correctly can more you know uh, can can make up for whatever quote unquote speed factor uh, you know he's lacking. Whereas a guy who can run you know like the wind can sometimes negate all of that because he's not reading it correctly and not making the right first uh you know move um so you have to look at it still comes down to watch the guy play football um and is he you know in short space what's he doing in short space is he athletic enough um you know to to uh, maneuver around where he needs to maneuver around in the space that he needs to maneuver around so that 40 yard dash aren't too many times where you're running a 40 you know uh, a lot of p- positions uh linebacker uh and the such you know they're they're operating in in, in short shorter spaces so it's what they're it's it's how quick they're able to move uh around and get around uh, and see things and diagnose things more than it is what his forty is. And a guy like Richie Grant, four point five, that's fine. Um, and and you sh- and the the tape proves and shows his awareness and his instincts and his intelligence uh, and his ability to diagnose and read and all of those things. So not worried about the four or five speed. Uh, and I'll look at, I'll take a deeper look at um, some of the other things that he did here. I, I have it. If I have a uh, quick second, uh, 34.5 on the, on the vertical uh, 12 reps on the bench rep on the bench uh, press, uh, broad jump was a 10.9, uh, 40-yard dash was a 4.53, shuttle was a 4.35, that's fine. Uh, Three-cone was a 6.78, that's good too. So, um, yeah, uh, he's got the athletics, uh, athleticism, he's got the quickness, uh, and he's got the instincts, he's got the intelligence. Uh, this is a player that I think uh, if you are able to get him at number 48, um, you know, if you're the Raiders – you're going to be in good shape. You're going to get a good football player. And just go watch the tape. He can play football. You're in the huddle. Vinny Monsignor uh, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. I want to say thank you uh, to all the callers. I uh, really appreciate uh, the insight and the uh, energy, as always. Uh, I want to say thanks to Devon Cotton uh, for holding down the fort at home base. 
Thank you to the listeners. Uh, you're why we do this. Uh, the numbers have been really, really good. Thank you for that. Uh, we really appreciate it. We've got some exciting things in store uh, for the future, and I can't wait to get into all of that. Um, and, and hopefully it's going to be in a way that uh, Raider Nation could be a big part of it, especially here in Las Vegas, uh, in and around uh, the game uh, uh, game you know, uh, that, that Sunday game day, uh, deal, not necessarily on Sunday. We definitely have pregame shows that we do at Radio Radio nation radio for that and postgame shows. Uh, but maybe something special for uh day before home games, maybe a little bonus show. Uh, we'll, we're trying to put things together here. And so for Raider nation, when you come out uh, to Las Vegas on game day, whether you're here locally in Las Vegas or coming from, you know, Los Angeles or Southern California or Northern California or anywhere across the country, uh, we're trying to figure out a way to uh, to have a little party on Saturdays before the game, do a radio show, uh, have some guests, have some giveaways, things like that. So uh, uh, push the like button if you like the idea, because we're going to do it for you, and we can't wait. You're in the huddle, Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador. Talk to you tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m., Friday, on Raider Nation Radio. <laughs>